0: All right, everybody, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Final Drive Podcast. Of course, the show you all love over on Fishbowl Radio Network. Listen to us Thursdays, 3 to 5 Central Time on FBRN.US. It is Alec and Makai back again, once again, uh, (laughs) Makai. Look, week one is in the books of this 2021 NFL season. Um, There were tons of great moments. You know, football was back, first of all. The stadiums were packed with fans once more. Um, which certainly was nice to see after last year with COVID and whatnot. Um, most stadiums had little to no fans for most of the season. Uh, I mean, what were just some of your general thoughts on you know y- y- the aspect of week of football being back with fans and you know it's just kind of the feeling of sports-wise things are coming back to normal? And how did you how, how was because we were watching week one together? So how right. how, how did it feel watching football again and hearing that crowd in the background? Oh, it was it was amazing it was you know like you yeah. said we, we
1: ended up spending week one together and it was it was great you know, we had nachos pizza a lot of good laughs watching just watching what we enjoy that's nfl football god i spent my whole day sitting on the damn couch my, my ass still hurts.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's what we do it's okay it's um it's something we very much enjoy doing and I, I will i will i will do that all day every day no problem no problem with that um but before we dive into week one from Sunday, we didn't have the chance to do a Cowboy-Bucks recap uh, on the podcast yet. So we'll dive into that Cowboy-Buck game first from last week. The Bucks won 31-29. Uh, just truly a, a, a classic, um, obviously a runner for the best game of week one between these two teams. With a lot of high expectations, obviously the Cowboys and the Bucks. Um, Dak looked phenomenal, I thought. Tom Brady looked just as good, um, <laughs> if not better. Uh, that, that was a great game to me, but I know you as a Cowboy fan, you obviously wanted the dub. But, I mean, what are just some of your thoughts on this Cowboys team in general and what uh, were we'll, we'll your takeaways um takeaways after this game?
1: Honestly, I mean, considering all of America, I feel like even a lot of Cowboys fans, you know, Right before the game, we find out Zach Martin's going to be out because of COVID. Uh, I mean, that's, that's one of the best offensive linemen in football. And I, that can change the game. Just one one guy up front. But honestly, I think he would have been a big you know big difference maker down the stretch. Actually being able to run the ball between the tackles. Um, so, I mean, that was a big hit. So, I mean, I, I expected the Cowboys to come out flat. I, I thought we were going to get blown out. I was sitting in my uh, my late lecture on Thursday nights. I'm just... Professor's talking. I'm barely listening. I'm looking down on my phone, like, damn. Bucks came out real hot, and scored. Like, I'm like, oh god, we're about to get blown out. Like, you're you're over here blowing up my phone, texting me updates. And <laughs> it was, uh I was worried. But the Cowboys, they fought their asses off. They kept it close to the end, gave them a sh- gave gave themselves a chance to win down the stretch. Uh, there was a play, obviously, the push off by Godwin should have been called. It doesn't. That's the way. That's the way. You know, that's how football works. You get, yep. some, you get some, you don't get them. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm really pleased with the Cowboys. But there's one Cowboy in particular that I think the Cowboys should have made walk back home to Arlington. And, <laughs> and that is one Anthony Brown with yep. his trash ass. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think for me, um, I'll touch on Anthony Brown on that defense here in a minute, but let's just talk about Dak real quick. I mean, 42 of 58, 403 yards, three touchdowns, the one interception. Um... Dak looked, you could not even guess Dak was injured last year if he didn't know football whatsoever. Dak looked, I thought Dak looked great. Um, You know, there were a few throws, you know, where there was not as much touch on the ball that you would have liked coming out of his arm, but, um, you know, for the volume that he had, you know, for, you know, 58 throws, I thought Dak looked pretty damn good, you know, for at least 95% of those throws, he looked just as good. Um, and I, and I think going into that game, you you know obviously you don't have Zach Martin placed on the COVID list uh, days before kickoff. Um, you're already facing a stout Bucks team that added a VfA at back. People forget VFA did not play a lot last season. He got injured early on. He came back late for the playoffs. Um, so obviously he's back in the fold now. That's a very good front seven. So I think the plan for that team was to not run the ball with Zeke because the thing about Zeke and people will. Uh, if you look at the numbers, the overlook the Zeke is one of, if not the best pass blo- pass blocking backs in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So what he's really good at, so that was that was that's that to me is what makes Zeke a complete running back in this game. Is he can pass block almost like he's almost like an initial alignment at times. So I think that was the plan going in to test the run, see how that was gonna work out. Obviously, didn't work out the way he wanted. To. 11 carries, 33 yards, but um, I thought the offensive line held up pretty well. Considering this, you know the competition you're facing from the other side with the Bucks, um, and these these receivers man are just as good as advertised, if not better. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. You know, Gallup was tearing at it before he got injured and had to leave the game. C.D. Lamb put on a nasty double move to score that touchdown um, in the second quarter. And Amari Cooper, people forget last year how good Coop was because of you know the quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thursday night he looked. Like an absolute number one, bona fide wide receiver in the NFL to me. Yes, sir. Um, love to see it from the offense. Um, let me ask you about Dak. Uh, I mean, what did you think of Dak Thursday night? I, mean, I thought he looked pretty damn efficient. Cause all things considered, you know, 58 throws with the with that shoulder. Um, obviously, not ideal for a, you know a guy who didn't play at all in the preseason and was limited throughout training camp. But um, outside of a few throws where there really wasn't as much. Touch and depth on the ball. I thought, looked, I thought he looked pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, like, you, like you said, there's just it's just little things that like it's gonna come with like the more football that like, he gets underneath his belt back to the injury, Because you could just tell. There's like there was like sometimes like where he could have stepped into a throw because there was plenty of room. Like because the passers they they got there but they weren't set. They were just they were around him. You could tell he was a little uncomfortable sometimes stepping into those throws, just trying to protect that ankle. But I mean. A guy that didn't, you know, didn't, I mean, he practiced, but obviously he was on a pitch count a lot of training camp, played no snaps in the preseason. He played a lot better than people thought he would. So at the end of the day, it was progress, step in the right direction. That's all you can hope for.
0: Yeah, I mean, could not agree more. Um, And on this Cowboy defense, I think we both kind of agreed. (laughs) I think everybody agreed last year. Um, This was a very bad defense. And at least in my opinion, I know you were kind of critical of the Dan Quinn hiring. Um, <laughs> I loved it. And, you know, Chris Honnell, a guy who's been on our show and this podcast several times, uh, he kind of came in and said, look, this could be a guy who, if you were to fire Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn should easily be, you know, the next coach of this team because of his leadership, his ability to juggle players. Um you know his communic- and I, and his communication. I think that was the thing for me with this defense. They looked a lot more like a unit uh, than last because last year it was, it was a bunch of guys trying to get lined up, trying to figure out where they're going. Because Mike Nolan's defense was new to them. You know with COVID, there was no real offseason to to learn this defense, and it looked it looked atrocious. Um, you know I think they they. Uh, they had some turnovers. They they got pressure on Tom Brady. I thought in key moments when they needed to. The sacks weren't there, but the pressure was there. And you can see the effort from these guys. Uh, Micah Parsons was all over the field. He looked like a, you know, he he was worth the first round pick that he was. Um, I think, you know, fortunately, you just, <laughs> he came in a week one against the bus, all that is Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, and obviously we'll talk about the secondary here in a minute, but let me just ask you about the front seven, Micah Parsons, uh the way they rotated these linebackers in and out. Um, now, what did you think of the front seven? What were your impressions of this kid, this new looking Cowboys front seven?
1: Honestly, like like you said, it's kind of hard to measure it because they didn't really put up stats. But there were times where, you know, they got Tom off the spot, made him kind of drop down, have to shuffle to his left, shuffle to his right, and just kind of like go back through progressions and give, you know, give those sec- the secondary guys a chance. And uh, I mean, that's really all you can ask for from a very—you think about it—that group's really young up front. Besides the Marcus Lawrence, who is now out, sadly. Um, yep. Besides him, Randy Gregory. This group is a lot of like second-year, third-year kind of journeyman guys around the league. So you're not going to see large sack totals. But hey, I mean, hey—if you can put up some QB hurries and just get guys off their spot. Yep. Do, do something out there. So, right, it's, this is better this is the best Cowboys defensive line thus far that I've seen probably since Demarcus Lawrence left for Denver.
0: DeMarcus where you mean? No, you talk to Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously obviously the secondary um, <laughs> I, I mean look, uh, I'm a guy who has Mike Evans on my fantasy squad. Um mm-hmm. And if I'm Tom Brady, uh, Trevon Diggs played lockdown, I thought, Thursday night against Mike Evans most of the time when he was lined up against him. Uh, if you're Tom Brady, look at the other side of the field. It's Anthony Brown and Antonio Brown and then Jordan Lewis and Chris Godwin. I'm taking those matchups every day over Mike Evans and uh, Trevon Diggs.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what we saw. Tom Brady picked those two guys. Uh, picked them apart. Uh, we know from hearing cowboy coaches uh, throughout this past week in, in radio uh, press conferences that you know, there was supposed to be safety help over the top four, Anthony Brown, but just wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, uh, on that last drive to get the field goal, you saw that this that, that Tom Brady targeted. Who did he target? Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown were the guys getting those targets uh, on, that, on, on that final drive, if I do say so. Um, I mean, you, you're hoping you get Kelvin Joseph back at some point. Uh, I believe he's on the COVID list as well, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, Kelvin Joseph. <sighs> <laughs> and then maybe, you hopefully you get to see more on Malik Hooker this week. Um, obviously, he came in late uh, to training camp. And then I believe he also was on COVID. If I'm correct. He was, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, you'll get those two guys mixed in the secondary a lot more, hopefully, uh, as soon as they're ready to go health-wise. So, I mean, the secondary, it, it, it it's the same as last year at the moment. Uh, and Tom Wright picked those guys, pick that secondary apart. Um, what were your thoughts on this secondary play? Because we know going into the offseason, that was going to be the main concern. They really didn't get to address it because the Panthers and the Broncos jumped this team in the draft to take J.C. Horn, Patrick Sertan. So, um, I mean, what's the feel for the secondary? Do you think it's going to improve? Will it get any better? Do you think what's Kelvin Joseph, Willie Cooker can uh, evolve a lot more with this defense. What are you feeling?
1: I mean, it's, it's like you said, you know, he, he's, he's our stud. He's our, he's our generational corner, per se. I mean, we're just in the search of our number two right now. And, it, you know, for week one purposes, it had to be Anthony Brown because Kelvin Joseph being out. Because know. I, 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 in all intents and purposes, I know Kelvin, you know Kelvin Joseph is very young. He's very raw. But I've seen day in and day out Anthony Brown get his grits cooked. And I'm tired of He is
0: terrible. <laughs> get his grits cooked.
1: He, he is like, he's, hes one of the most handsy corners I've ever seen in my life. As soon as he gets in a bad spot, he's grabbing, mm-hmm. he's reaching for cloth, which is the last thing you want to do, and, unless they're just absolutely perfect. you just die for that ankle and you take that PI. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's—he'll be in great position and he freaks out and he just grabs some cloth and then every time it's a play. No. So once I feel like once Kelvin comes back, this secondary is not going to be perfect. I mean, it's, again, we're very—we're very young in the back. But I think Kelvin, with the speed and just the raw athleticism he possesses, and the confidence he has in himself, the swagger he brings with that, mm-hmm. I think that takes the secondary a notch up as far as like as opposed to Anthony Brown playing that season.
0: Yeah. But nonetheless, you saw this Cowboy team fight through the end. I think this is going to be a much better team than what we saw last year. Um, obviously, Dak being healthy is the biggest thing. but I think this defense. Because yeah, I think this defense just has to be middle of the pack. You know, nothing special, nothing top 10. Um, the hell, it is doesn't have to be top 15. It could be anywhere from 16 to 20, 20, 21, 22. And I think this is a playoff team with that defense. So um, <laughs> let's jump into some other games from this Sunday. Um, I'll let you take first jab at it, Makai. What stood out to you week one? Who, uh, who, who kind of surprised you? Or, you know, which, what team in general do you think really kind of one week, one if you will.
1: Oh, hands now got to be those Arizona Cardinals.
0: Okay. okay, okay. I
1: mean, just, let's just think okay. about it. I mean, okay, now I'll, I'll
0: let you get your your OU. <laughs> you get your jab in here. I'll, I'll let I'll let, go on. I'll I'll let you have this.
1: It, it's Oklahoma aside, it's like okay, Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray. We've seen greatness. This man, he he's coming for the MVP. Move move over Patrick Mahomes because I'm coming. But uh, I mean, just in every phase of the game, the Cardinals look great. Like, you had Marco Wilson, a fourth or fifth-round draft pick out of Florida, who fell in the draft because people thought he was, wasn't coachable, he had a poor attitude. He went out there, and he was locking up Julio Jones. <laughs> Julio Jones. I, I know Julio Jones like 32 now, something like that.
0: Yeah.
1: At the end of the day, that's still Julio Jones. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs>
0: If he's diminished at all, he's he's still Julio. Do you say the same about Taylor Lewan?
1: Oh no, Taylor Lewan is washed. He needs to go to retirement moment ASAP, Rocky. Because <laughs> if you get put on your butt by Budabaker, and no disrespect to Budabaker, because he's one of the best safeties in football, but he's a safety. He's a safety that is five ten and maybe two hundred five pounds. You put him on his butt like that. You're all, you're a former All Pro tackle.
0: On top of Chandler Jones, just, you know, having his way. Five sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, easily wrapped up NFC player of the week, I thought. Uh, that, that, that <laughs> when when that dropped, I figured, you know, there, it, he had, it has to be Chandler Jones. Uh, that, look, and here's the thing with Arizona, right? I think I, I think the biggest thing to me was the offensive line had to be addressed this offseason. And then um, the secondary, because it, it was an older group. With Draker Patrick, with uh Patrick Peterson still playing. Um and they think Byron Murphy has really kind of you know stepped in to be uh he was a real bright spot last year from the nickel spot, but now he's kind of emerged as a a reliable uh, corner for this team. You look at the offensive line, they get Rodney Hudson, who I thought was one of the best steals of the offseason for anybody to nab him for what a, a third round pick for Rodney Hudson. So you bring him in, you have your two book of tackles, and uh Kelvin Beecham and uh uh DJ Humphreys. DJ Humphreys. yep. So uh AJ Green, I thought AJ Green looked nice as number two to compliment DeAndre Hopkins. You look at Christian Kirk, who really had himself a breakout game. Uh so yeah, I think Arizona, you know, the NFC West went four and no this week, right? Every team won. But Arizona, to me, had the most impressive win, just because on paper, you look at Tennessee. I think we all thought this could be a team that could sneak into the talk of a Super Bowl contender with the way they've been playing these last two years since Ryan Tannehill has taken over. Y'all did.
1: Not me. <laughs> Remember that? I said I said this team was going to disappoint. They were on their way to doing it.
0: Okay, it's week one. Ryan uh,
1: Tannehill
0: stinks. It's week one, and Ryan Tannehill had no time with Chandler Jones in the backfield all day long. So, <laughs> um, But this is a good one for Arizona. I, I'm very impressed by what the Cardinals were able to do week one. Um, I think it, we'll see where that goes with the cards. Uh, I'll take my turn here, and I think for me, this is, this is, this is an easy answer. You know where I'm going to go with this. Okay, you, you want to tell me somebody had a more impressive week one than the Saints?
1: I mean, Aaron Rodgers don't want to beat her, man. That's all I'm going to
0: talk about. No, that no, is, no, no no, 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 The problem is Aaron Rodgers spent his whole offseason in Hawaii with Miles Teller and then doing Jeopardy and did not come to training camp until when it was damn near almost over and thought, oh, I'm, here. I'm good to go. You know, Tony Romo said the same thing with the Cabo. He said, I don't know, I, I'm going to Cabo for the bye week. Who cares? And then what happened when he stunk up in the playoffs? That playoff game with the Giants. A 9 and 7 Giants team. He got dragged forward. Oh my God. Aaron, oh Aaron, Aaron just needs to get the same kind of treatment as all I'm saying. Because this man stunk the bed. Um, a, a He stunk the bed this week. And I'm not even saying that. that it, it, he was horrible. It was, the, statistically speaking, the worst game of his career. 15 of 28, 133 yards, no touchdowns, two picks, a QBR of 13.4. I'm, I do get it because I, I understand, you know, when his ego comes to being in question and you know, it's back against the wall. You, 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 Aaron Rodgers, you know, will come through for you. But right now, this Packer team does not look very good. <laughs> it does not. They play the Lions this next week, so I picked up all the
1: Packers receivers I could for fantasy this week. <laughs> because Aaron Aaron Rodgers is not gonna have no two duds in a row.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not very high on the Packers right now, just because we gotta see what Aaron we gotta see what Aaron's is Aaron not the to, to sabotage the Packers? Is that what he's doing?
1: I'm telling you, he's just he's just shaking off the rust, that's all it is.
0: he's, <laughs> he's gonna bounce back and be in the MVP conversation again. I should know it. Okay, cuz all I'm saying is the other quarterback who took the field Sunday could easily be the MVP talk as well. Oh. James I, Jamis, I, I Winston 14 of 20, 148 yards, five touchdowns, no picks. Um I understand the yardage was not there, but he had to throw, he didn't have to sling the ball down the field. The Saints team ran the ball down the Packers' throats. and when Jameis needed to make the right throws in the correct situations, he did. So, I mean, Sean Payne, I thought, called a great game, uh, utilizing his players to his best ability, considering they are pretty, uh, uh, what's the word, um, d- desperate at the skill position group, if you will. So, this defense, I thought, stepped up uh, in all sorts of crazy ways. Marshall Lattimore absolutely locked down Devontae Adams. Uh, Paulson Adibo looked pretty impressive sir, for his first game. Uh, four targets, one catch for 14 yards, and then the pick. Um, I thought Davenport looked good, uh, but he's banged up now, so we'll have to wait and see what happens with him. The Saints team, to me, reminded people that hey, we know know Drew Brees is gone, and you know, but we're this is still the same Saints team that was you know that's been in the run these last couple years, and. Uh, <laughs> I found it funny. Did you watch the uh, Sunday night pregame show? Yes, I did. <laughs> Do you know where I am going with this? Yes, and Drew poke the joke about like,
1: oh, this team can throw the ball deep now, finally.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and that's really the thing because you know these last two years, what have we been saying? No disrespect to Drew whatsoever, because we know we, he's he's a great he's a legend, right? But realistically speaking, if this Saints team could have stretched the ball down the field last year or the last two years. They they probably go to the Super Bowl back to back because this team is so stacked, it's so deep all around. Um, that if they just had some more flexibil- flexibility offensively, then they pr- they'd probably go to the Super Bowl. So, um, thirty to three is impressive. It's it's a blowout if you will against a very good Packer team that I think a lot of people thought going into this year was probably going to be the representative for the NFC in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl so. At least for me, this has to be the team that when I go back, I look and go, you know what? Damn. That that team, that team, the Saints being a uh, scary team right there.
1: At the end of the day, it was week one. The Packers always historically start out slow. I see, it, it's, it's week one. Y'all y'all match up with them again. It's going to be a different, it's going to be a different time for y'all. I
0: promise you that. The time starts slow every year, so what's the, uh, what's the, what's the problem there? Well... Uh-huh. You know, you know, uh-huh. That's too on one
1: side of the coin you have discount double check, and then the other side of the coin you have absolute garbage. Should be a car salesman. So don't compare those. It's not apples to apples here. It's apples to apples. No.
0: It's apples to apples. That is the
1: greatest disrespect I've ever seen served to Aaron Rodgers in my life. <laughs> to that schmuck, aka former Texas A&M receiver, Ryan Tannehill.
0: I will say uh, another fun game from this past week was indeed the uh, yeah look at the Bengals and Vikings game right I think that was a very fun game to watch Um, it was pretty cool to see Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase connect on the big uh, fifty yard fifty yard touchdown pass Mm -hmm. and you see the video of what they have they have the lined up the LSU and the Bengals play like they sync together yeah they they stitched them together that was that was pretty cool but I mean look uh, for the Bengals. I, I i mean joe brought at 20 27 261 two touchdowns no picks um i thought joe looked very good come off the acl surgery especially when you consider last year just how bad it was from what we heard how bad that knee was torn up um and joey took five sacks which i mean that we we shouldn't we should expect that from this Bengals group up front but he withstood it, uh, and, and you know, eventually this, this team did win in overtime. So, um, this is a very early season, but I, this is a very good win for Joe Burrow and Bengals fans. Because now I feel like the fans got a healthy look at Joe Burrow with um, you know Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd, with Joe Mixon, who you know looked like his old self in Week One, 29 carries, 127 yards, touchdown. Um, and whatnot. So I, 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 this was a very good morale feeling victory for the Bengals because I think people questioned exactly where, where, what this team was gonna do, which with the direction of Joe Burrow, right? Because of the injury, because of the offensive line issues, was he gonna be a bust or a, um, you know, a uh, what's the word? <sighs> like like a failed first round draft pick for this team? Yeah. So, I, I thought that was a very fun game to watch. And again, that very morale boosting feeling victory for Bengals fans to see their quarterback go out there, throw some touchdowns, take some hits, and have just a very solid game overall.
1: i pray, like, I mean, I, I picked the Bengals to win because it's like at the end of the day, you look at that Vikings secondary, you know, they lost their former first round pick, Jeff Gladney, with some accusations. Uh, you know, they bring up Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson, cool, cool guy, you know, great leader. But listen, right. to me, Patrick Patrick Peterson is on his last legs in this league.
0: If like, he has Vikings, if he has any legs left.
1: The Vikings practically brought in a younger Terrence
0: Newman. Like, dude, like <laughs> hey, don't I don't do, don't disrespect Terrence Newman bald when he was in Minnesota.
1: Patrick ain't. I, I guess
0: the man, he's man, worse the, the man was forty, it's still playing corner. They tell you to go to safety at thirty seven, but this man played corner until he was forty. End of the day. I
1: I who I think was, i think it was t higgins he hit patrick but i think was, i think it was a slugger. and oh my god I it was higgins patrick, yeah I, I thought i thought patrick sat there and ruptured his damn achilles the way he sat there and like slipped it was awful <laughs> like patrick if you're here this man i love you to death i'd love to meet you shake your hand get a picture with you but man go home
0: go home and i just kind of wonder why minnesota of all teams when he signed, you know because uh, I mean, do you feel like that guy, for what he did in Arizona, he was disgusting. You know, he was a multiple Pro Bowl, multiple All-Pro. And uh, to go, you know, because I think he was looking for an opportunity to, you know, maybe go ring chasing and try and secure a at least a, a, at least a playoff spot with a team that was more than capable of going to the playoffs. And then Minnesota came up. I think we all were kind of shocked by that. Were we not?
1: I mean, I think it had more to do with the market for Patrick's just nothing. I feel like Patrick's really stuck in his ways. He doesn't want to make that move to safety yet. Mm-hmm. So he was just holding on to like, I can be a number one corner, which after week one,
0: no, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Totally right. Uh, Last game. Well, actually, we have a few more games of the preview to talk about. Uh, Cleveland KC, I know uh, the Browns were up big in that game. And the KC went on a 23-7 to run in the second half. They came out on top. Uh, Pat Mahomes, that, that, that touchdown on Tyreek Hill just screams Pat Mahomes, does it not? I mean, at the end of the day, like Patrick said in the damn press conference, he just closed his eyes and he knew
1: Tyreek was down
0: there somewhere. No <laughs> so, way. Uh... I, I, I don't. And John Johnson, I thought wasn't you know he did everything he could. Everything. Everything, and then Mahomes rolls out to his right and just throws it back across the middle of the field. Because normally, when you're when you're a DB, you're thinking that ball's like coming towards you, if you're back on the other side of the field.
1: Yeah, there's, a, there's only a couple quarterbacks in the league that can make that throw and that's like you know obviously Patrick Mahomes I think Kyler can make that throw Josh Allen Josh Allen maybe Rodgers Aaron Rodgers and that's about it. I mean, okay I'll give I'll give Jameis that Jameis got a strong arm, but that's it there's, Big Ben there's a short list no Big Ben <laughs> yeah. Big Ben can barely get out routes
0: <laughs> that was a very disappointing game I might add that but that Steeler-Bills game that was very sluggish football Oh, yeah. um, But, no, I mean, okay, let me ask you this. I saw this topic being thrown around. Um, I was at the gym Tuesday morning. I saw this topic, topic being thrown around on first take and uh, uh, Skip and Shannon. Uh, let me ask, I mean, in Cleveland, did they impress you enough to make you think that if this team plays again in the playoffs, do you think the Browns can take down the Chiefs? Or was this all just... Cleveland imploded the second half, and KC was able to take advantage of that, and they came back and won the game.
1: At the end of the day,
0: so so is it a Chiefs win or is it a Browns loss? I guess is how I word it.
1: It was a Browns loss. They had all the control. They had all the control, all the momentum in the world. And there was one person I find solely responsible for this loss, and it's somebody that, like, over the years, I, he's gained a lot more respect for me because, you know, in college he got beat up, had bad knee injury. Comes to the league, I think I thought he was just Baker Mayfield. No. No. It is clearly <laughs> Nick Chubb, who sat okay. there and fumbled the damn ball, the ball away. Okay. Baker Mayfield played his damn part out. He did the best he could with only having one real receiver out there on Sunday. And he's yeah. going to have one receiver out there again Sunday.
0: Yeah, Odo Beckham's not playing, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. So all he's got is Jarvis.
0: yeah Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I could agree. I think Cleveland... Uh, like you said, going into that game, they had or going into that third quarter, they had all the, mo- all the momentum in the world. Um, and, you know, on the road against a really good team, you have to keep that momentum. You cannot turn the ball over. You cannot let the crowd get back into the game because that is the worst thing you can do, especially at a stadium like Arrowhead. Um, and especially with a quarterback like Pat Mahomes, who... No matter how you cut it up, the man throws bombs to Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and they make plays. And um, you know Cleveland. I think I think Cleveland's gonna be okay. I think this is still a very good team and indeed a playoff team that can make a run. But you know, just y'all learn you cannot give the ball away. You cannot give the game away like the Browns did. Essentially,
1: maybe, maybe Nick just needs to start wearing some damn gloves. Maybe there's no glove man. <laughs>
0: Uh, one more note I'll make. I right, guess two more notes. One, Denver impressed me. I thought Teddy Bridgewater, um, did enough for this Broncos team. I think you see the video of Von Miller talking to Teddy uh, during the game.
1: Okay, that was cool.
0: That was cool. I mean, and, and, and I know you're a Drew Lock guy. Let me. Just, I know you love you some Drew Locke. Yes. But um, I mean, I I think Von Miller had a point in being he has not seen a veteran quarterback. Really come in, take control of this team, uh, and, and show the leadership like Teddy has. Because, I mean, when you're a guy who gets traded, you know, kind of in the middle of the offseason, um, and you're voted as a team captain week one immediately, that's that, that does speak a lot to the players in the locker room. If that is your guy. Um, they believe in you and whatnot. And I think for Vaughn to come out and say that he's seen something like Teddy Bridgewater doing the small things, you know, coaching up guys on the sidelines during the game, or uh, just walking around pumping guys up. That's just what he does. He's a real good person. That's just kind of the player he is. Um, that speaks volume to me that for him to say, I haven't seen that since Peyton Manning was here. Um, cause Denver's had a rough quarterback wise since Peyton Manning left. Um, so I think for Vaughn to come out and still have confidence in Teddy that, you know, I haven't seen this, you know, since 18 was here. I think that was that was big for me to see uh, this Denver team kind of rally around Teddy. And you know, this is this, on paper. This is a very solid team, so I'm kind of excited to see what direction um, they go this year. And I, I know they lost Jerry Judy early uh, with what looked like a, a nasty ankle injury, but turned out to be a sprained ankle. He'll be out for a few weeks. So um, Denver looked cool. <laughs> Man, Matt Stafford is gonna be fun to watch in LA. Oh that's that's you, good. You, that's gonna be right. fun. You, people are blowing that out of proportion. Now, I think to me the biggest thing I took away from that game was Chris Collinsworth made the quote. Uh, Sean McVay had told Collinsworth that he wanted a partner, not a student, to run this offense, yeah. which took Jabs of Jerk off because I think it's true, right? I think we all agree with that. Um, that McVay had to limit his offense, had to. Hinder it for Jared Goff. Hey, you know, here's a play. Don't audible. Or if you audible, audible to this. But instead, he can go to Stafford If say, Stafford, hey, here's these three plays. Go up uh, to the line of scrimmage, pre-snap, and just call what you want. Whatever you see, call it, you know? But you need that from your quarterback. Not a guy you just sit there and baby and really kind of, um, you know, change your game for the quarterback. And, and with Stafford, you let it rip. So. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, yeah, like I, i've been saying that for forever that like jared Goff had always been looking to the sideline like, are we good can, can we can we run this play like always looking for you know confirmation that it's okay to run the play or an mm-hmm. audible to check it to or whatever like that just comes with like the modern era of football not as much of responsibility is put on quarterbacks to have to decipher defenses like obviously you need to be able to read coverage but a lot of the times you know you have your coach talking in your ear real quick you you know or you just look this side, sideline real quick, and he'll give you a thumbs up, thumbs down, or whatever hand sign to switch to something else. Mm-hmm. So he, he's your always he's always your fallback. Man. But older quarterbacks, you know, that wasn't a thing. Like when Matthew Stafford was at Georgia, like everything ran through him. It was up to you to make the checks, and your OC and you know, head coaches, but it him.
0: Yep, and the same thing in Detroit for the most part. Um, it's just really good to see Stafford with a competent team all around it's cool but this team this team's gonna be very disappointing it's, it's oh, you disappoint. say that now but I mean, it was hey. the Bears <laughs> it was Andy Dalton the Bears it was Andy
1: Dalton the Bears Not
0: sir Fields, the Bears. sir let me let me uh, let me remind you it was Andy Dalton and the Bears which is even, I prom- which is even I prom- scarier I promise you if
1: Justin Fields would have started that game the Bears the Bears would have rolled the Rams right,
0: you, you say that now oh one quick
1: note about the Broncos
0: yeah I'm telling
1: you know what, you know, what Vaughn Miller said, that was all well and good. Like, ooh, we haven't had that kind of leadership since 18. thats I mean, that's cool. Rah, rah, rah. But that's corny as hell. Because at the end of the day...
0: Has he ever said that to Drew Locke, though? No,
1: I, I i understand. I understand. Drew is not the leader that Teddy is. Teddy's played a lot more football. He's been around a lot more offense. He just understands cerebral football better.
0: He's also and, been through it. He's been through it.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean, he almost lost his leg, for crying out loud. Like, that kind of wisdom, you can't put a price tag on that. But at the end of the day, this Teddy is cool. He's easy, steady. But he, he's not going to win you a game. Like a close game where he has to make a tight throw deep down the seam or something. He's going mean, to miss yeah, game. I mean, He
0: is a bridge quarterback for sure. But but to say that this Bronco team could at least make noise as a Walker team, it wouldn't shock me. But I, mean, but I think that's the ceiling for this team, though.
1: At the same time, like playing Teddy, it's the safe way out. Like, why not just play Drew if Drew doesn't work out? Then, you know, you just you know, because what Teddy has like what another year after this year? Oh wait, you have a, he got traded. So yeah, there is one there is one more year on his deal. Yeah, he signed up for three with the Panthers. Yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, you let Drew walk in free agency this year. I think
0: he would just draft another guy. And he got Teddy to be the bridge for next year. Like, exactly. That that's the looper for this team. And I think this and this Bronco team, I think on paper roster wise, is competitive competitive enough with Teddy. You can't compete for a playoff spot, and you're, if you go one and done, cool. But that's the ceiling of this team for me. It is walk round; you get bounced to the first game, and it could have come to the quarterback. It certainly could. It, like,
1: I'm, I get what you're saying. Like that—that that is the safe way. This team's talented enough to make the playoffs with Teddy Bridgewater, but a constant, steady source of quarterback play. But at yep. the end of the day, if you play Drew Lock, and let's just say Drew Lock finally unlocks that potential, which is which is possible. If he, if he unlocks that, this team goes from just being a wild card team, one and done, to potentially making a run. Because he, he can win you games with that right arm of his. Teddy cannot.
0: That's fair. That's fair. Uh, we'll see. It's a very early season. We'll see what the Broncos do. Um, We're going <laughs> to go Ravens, Raiders, or you want to go talk about the rookie quarterbacks first?
1: Uh, we might as well just finish out the game
0: first. Yeah, that was uh, a <laughs> that was a fun game to watch, was it not?
1: Uh, it was fun to watch, but at the same time, I was like smacking myself up the head because I was I was pissed off
0: at myself for believing that Lamar Jackson could take a step as a quarterback development. Yeah, I mean, sheesh. Uh, yeah, I, I, I and you know. It's gonna be such a headache for everybody when Lamar does sign this extension because there're gonna be so many people I think he is deserving of the deal, and there'd be so many, so many who think he is not deserving of the deal. Mm. And I mean, to me, it's not fair on Lamar because you know, again, you look at what the Ravens surround him with, and I do, I do get the point of. You know, you had to make... Sometimes the quarterback makes the receiver, and then other times the receiver makes the quarterback. And I know you just got to work through what you got and whatnot, but this is not a good receiving core for the Ravens. It really isn't. Even with Sammy Watkins or Rashard Bateman healthy, uh, this is still not a good receiving core. I I don't know why the Ravens didn't try and throw money at Chris Godwin or Kenny Galladay. Um, But it's not good. It really isn't. And I... I hate to pin it on Lamar, but I don't want to because I mean those two fumbles were crucial, and all two of those were on Lamar. You know, because what the ball's in your hands, you just gotta know. You know, and yeah. you gotta know when to, when to you know just fall down, tuck the ball, fight to live, or uh, live to fight another down. And you know, it's just frustrating to watch. It's just frustrating to watch Ravens offense because it's so predictable. You know what they're doing. Because yep. nobody can beat you through the air. So it's going to be a running play or Lamar running the ball. Or Lamar trying to force a ball that he It really shouldn't be forcing because he just isn't there as a quarterback. Because <laughs> you had texted me so bad. <laughs> it like every time Lamar double clicks the ball, i just <laughs> ding from you. Just got text from you talking about this man just don't let it rip and just throw the ball. Because
1: be like I okay, let me let me break down what you said first about the receivers. Yeah, these, this receiving core is not the greatest. It's not the, the biggest room. Not the most athletic. Besides Marquise, who can fly. But at the end of the day, these receivers for the most part are what Lamar works with best.
0: True. Because let's think
1: about okay. Let's, let's let's break down what else you said. Chris Godwin would have been a big pickup, but that would have handicapped the hell out of this team for making improvements on other areas of the ball. Like that offensive line is very shaky. So they needed to save money down the line to improve this offensive line. After losing Orlando Brown, uh, Kenny Galladay—that's another big, big money pickup. Kenny that, Galladay's big—you know—he's six four.
0: I think if he's healthy, he fits that team pretty well. But you, with with that money coming in, you have the injury questions.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, Kenny Galladay is cool, but he's a, he's a jump ball receiver, 50-50 does doesn't create a lot of separation, and that's not where Lamar—that's not where he succeeds. Lamar Jackson's at his best when he gets to improvise with his legs, hit guys on the move. Hit him in windows and let them make plays with their feet. And Kenny Galladay doesn't do that. Like Lamar, I've never seen Lamar squeeze a ball purposely in but like you know in between a, a corner cutting down and a linebacker dropping back into coverage. He's yeah. not decisive enough to make those throws where Kenny Galladay is most competent at doing his job.
0: Okay, let me ask you this then. Is it fair to say Is it fair to say Lamar is like Michael Vick before you before he found Andy Reid?
1: I wouldn't even say that. Because like,
0: I, I, I think when, when Vic found Reed in Philadelphia, Vic changed his game as a quarterback from when Andrew Reed got a hold of him. Because in, in Atlanta, Mike Vic was a... You know, like Lamar is now. He's an improvised run for his quarterback who will take the run when the opportunity is there. Um, and in Philly, he, he he sat in the pocket. He, he read defenses all the way through. He looked for third and fourth options on, on routes. He... Um... He was patient and let plays developed as a passer, and took the. And granted, he had the weapons. Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Maclin, um, they were disgusting in their prime. But the point being, Vic isn't there without Andy Reid, and Andy Reid developed Mike Vick into a not only a great runner, which he already was, but he made Mike Vick, you know, a damn good passing quarterback for you know his last couple of years in Philadelphia. Now, can John Harbaugh do that with Lamar Jackson? I don't think he can. Yeah, I think that's where Lamar is hindered, is his ceiling is what it is right now in Baltimore, and it's because of the coaching. You get what, you, 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 you what I'm saying here?
1: I mean, it's one thing to blame the coach, but there's another thing, like...
0: i not blaming the coach, but I'm just saying that, that uh, John Harbaugh is what he is, you know?
1: At the end of the day, like yeah, like, yeah, coaches can hinder the hell out of an amazing player that has, like, an amazing ceiling and, like... They but can, they, prevent, they but can prevent you from
0: reaching where you need to be. Yeah, they, they, they won't get that untapped potential. Yeah, but at the same time, well, continue? No, that because that's what Mike Vick's problem was in Atlanta. The Falcons were cool. Mike Vick was entertaining as hell to watch. But at the same time, as a quarterback, Mike Vick never got the Falcons where they needed to go because the quarterback only got them as, as far as it could. Because when the playoffs, when the teams play contained, it stopped Mike Vick running. The Falcons didn't do anything. That's why they never really went as far as an an NFC title game in the time in Atlanta.
1: At the end of the day, all I'm gonna say is, from what I've seen from Lamar, just the the one game and just what I've seen before this year, Lamar will never be Michael Vick. Never. I never want to hear that debate again. Michael Vick will always be better in my book. Because. Well,
0: you get the point I'm making, though, right?
1: I, I get what you're saying. There's, there's just, there's things he could do to get better on his own. Like you don't need the cook Like I've seen, like game one. I know you know uh, Villanueva, the right tackle picking up from picking him up for the Steelers. Everybody thought that was a great pickup. He's, he's washed. Uh, Max Crosby literally beat him with like a damn Cherokee drum. <laughs> Good God. He's like they made him look like he was literally Jesus Christ in shoulder pads. Like, it was bad. Um,
0: but it's just like, Lamar, he just hesitates, he double clutches, he looks unsure. Has, uh, let me ask you this then, from Lamar's rookie year to now, have we seen any significant improvement in his game? Lamar
1: Jackson is the same guy I saw in Louisville.
0: So that's fair to say then, right?
1: Yeah, but I, I, I think it has less to do with coaching and just Lamar being stubborn in his ways, and that's the way he likes to play football.
0: But then that also was how my pick was. Until my fake, well, granted, he went to Philadelphia. He opened it up to Andy Reid to let to coach him.
1: I I I think
0: it was. Also, he never had
1: a coach in Atlanta. He didn't have a coach, and he didn't really have much of a team around him either. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, who was his best receiver those years in Atlanta?
0: Sheesh. uh, Brian Finnerin. Brian Finnerin. was Rodney White there. I think yeah. I think for a couple a couple years maybe later in his time. Yeah. Mike Jenkins. That's, yeah, that's that's all I gotta say. And, and, and who was Lamar had compared, compared to that? Who was exactly? It's the same kind of it's the same kind of thing. Who was Lamar had to really help him take his next game to the next level?
1: Marquise could be a game changing player for him, but Baltimore is just like so stuck in the way. I think Marquise's like inability to have a lot of success in Baltimore is purely on it's but is purely between Lamar
0: and the coaching staff. The coaching, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the point I'm trying to make. Is that you know in Atlanta, they got comfortable with you know let Mike Vick be the offense. They never went out to get Mike Vick help or you know expand Michael Vick's game with the Falcons. They were fine with Mike Vick being electric and running the ball all over everybody. And the, the Ravens are doing the exact same thing with Lamar Jackson. They are comfortable with Lamar carrying this offense and not adding talent. And you're seeing that now. It's just, it's not working. Teams have figured it out. And Lamar needs to take that next step as a quarterback. Or bring somebody in who could help Lamar take that talent to the next level. Because I don't think John Harbaugh will do it for him. He won't do it. He is a defense and a special teams coach. And he is no Andy Reid. He is no Sean Payton. He is no, uh, you know, offensive guru. And every year they've gone through offense coordinators left and right in Baltimore. So nobody's been there consistently to tap into that potential that Lamar Jackson has as a quarterback. At the end of the day,
1: I think me and John were talking about this. My, my roommate, John, one of my best friends. Uh, like after that game, we, I was in his room. We watched the end of it together. And we looked at each other, and we were like, if Lamar doesn't figure this out by the end of this year, I'm convinced Baltimore might not extend him. And they should be. Or, or if he does get an extension, it's not going to be the like the game-breaking money people make
0: and that's, it's gonna be such a headache. To, it's gonna be such a headache for everybody because there gonna be so many people divided on it. Mm-hmm. And I personally do not know if I can answer that right now. If I would accept Lamar Jackson, I just don't. I don't know if I can answer it truthfully. Because on, on one hand, I think I think I could find better than Lamar Jackson. But on the other hand, I mean, he is this generation's Michael Vick. Not, not trying to compare him or anything, but he is the closest thing we have to Mike Vick. You That's know? Very true. So you don't want to pass that up. But at the same time, from a quarterback perspective, I think I could trade or do better than Lamar Jackson easily. So it's going to be an interesting season for the Ravens if things don't get figured out offensively. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So uh, before we recap our preview of week two, let's talk about this uh, these quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks. Um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. We are really going to discuss Trey Lance and Fields because you know, <laughs>
1: <laughs> just keep going. I i, I dropped something, it's, fine. it's everything's okay.
0: That, that's staying in there, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, so to Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, all three of them lost, mm-hmm. um. We don't want to talk about Trey Lance, just because they were kind of used sparringly, if you will, in their games. But they both scored touchdowns, so that was very cool to see for those young kids. Um, So, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, you know, you were the big draft guy for us covering all these kids in college. Uh, So, I'll let you take the reins here. What did you think of their week one games? Um, And I'll just spill in my nonsense in between.
1: I mean, honestly, to keep it short and simple, I thought... Like everybody's gonna be like, oh your right, first
0: game, you know, go out there, show, show flashes." The reason, you know, the reason why you were taken so
1: highly in the draft, and why teams invested in you.
0: So Can I just say this real quick before you dive in? Go ahead. Um, first half, I was not impressed at all with Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Second half, I-, I will say I came away w- with him in the second half. I thought he made. Um, I mean, more explosive, like, big play plays mm-hmm. than the other two guys. I'll just say that. I liked what I saw in the second half with the Jets. Um, and ultimately, he kept, he kept them in that game towards the end. So, I know you're a big Zach Wilson guy, but I, I liked what I saw in that second half from Zach Wilson.
1: It, it, it was cool.
0: Like, it, I it, was more impressed with that half than Trevor lawrence Mac Jones, in the entirety of the game.
1: I mean, I, I mean clearly. I mean, I yeah. mean Trevor, Trevor made some cool throws but I mean yeah. Pack Wilson was definitely the best out of the three. Yeah. Like, I'm just I'm not a big guy when it comes to moral victories, like showing me half the football. At the end of the day, what really matters is winning games, as opposed to losing. Mm-hmm. And all three of these guys lost. They all they all showed some weakness. And you know that's you know first game, well, you know whatever, whatever, whatever. At the end, of, at the end of the, I think this this was it was it was bad. It was some bad football, some bad mistakes. Like Trevor, oh my god.
0: So many, too, so many bad reads.
1: So many bad reads thrown into double coverage. One of the balls wasn't even anywhere near the damn receiver.
0: Lots of overthrows and, you know, just... um, mm, I hate to be a Jaguar fan right now. The so.
1: Jaguars, they'll be fine moving forward, but that was just ugly, man. That, they look so sloppy and unprepared for week one of the damn season. Especially against Houston. Hey, people sleeping on Houston, man. Tyrod Taylor for MVP, man. <laughs> my bad.
0: Tarot David Cullery for Coach of the Year? Hell
1: no! <laughs> I'm not gonna say it on the podcast because that's not, I'm not, you know,
0: that's not a line I'm across. but That dude's weird to me, man. There's some, there's something real shady about that man. <laughs> so, uh, uh, back, back to these, these quarterbacks here. Uh, I mean, besides Trevor Lawrence, and, you know, his rough day. what do you think of the other two guys? I
1: mean, they. At the end of the day, I saw these guys like I saw all three of those guys. I saw all of them that they, they all showed great promise in college. I didn't see anything like they they leveled their game up, which is the it's your first year, it's your first week. So, you know. I feel like there's there's certain things that you have to like consistently show me. Because there was a drop-off in some of the things like I seen like I hadn't seen Trevor be that careless with the football in college. Yeah. Like, I don't know why the hell he's like, ooh, I'm playing on the, you know, field with some of the Best athletes in the world, so let me do stupid stuff I haven't done since middle school. Mm
0: hmm.
1: And, you know, Zach Wilson, I mean, part of that was like offensive line wasn't great, especially after
0: Makai Beckton goes down. Mm hmm. But it's like, bro,
1: holding on to the, like, you know, that pass versus coming. Get rid of the ball. Yeah. Get rid of it.
0: And that would just come with, you know, experience and, you know, just getting adjusted to the NFL rather than college. At the end of the day, it, all those guys were very underwhelming.
1: But I am looking forward to seeing them, you know, get you know get more under you know experience underneath their feet and just you know grow as players. But I'm not impressed in the slightest by the end Okay,
0: I think just to pick you off the, off what you were saying, Trevor Lawrence was real, and maybe maybe that's because they were down so bad earlier in that game that he just tried to force so many balls to try and get this team back into the game, but. Um, he looked rough. Uh, Mac Jones, I thought, looked okay to an extent, but I think that, I think that's just because uh, you know him playing in New England with Bill Belichick. I know what I'm getting out of Mac Jones. I think you know he fits the system. He fits what they want. Um, and you know, don't forget they were in position to win that game in the end. If not for the Damian Harris fumble, they were in position to win that game at the end, so um I'm not gonna put that totally on Mac Jones, but you know at the same time, it's a team sport you know, so um yeah, I I thought all these QBs looked kind of rough, but like you said, it's week one first game for a lot of the or for everybody, uh, this year um and you know, with these uh, rookie quarterbacks in particular you know, you know, uh First training camp, first preseason action they got. So I'm not overreacting to any of these rookie quarterbacks yet. I'm kind of just waiting to uh, waiting to see what they do this week. Um. So let's do that now. Then let's let's pick some. Let's uh, talk about some of these games coming up this week. Anything jump out to you in particular?
1: Uh, let me take a little look. See, I haven't even looked forward. I mean, besides like I know the Cowboys play the Chargers. Uh. Mm, games to stand out. I think, oh yeah, okay, Rams and Colts. That's really interesting. The Colts obviously had a very, very... Lackluster. Yeah, la- lackluster. Whatever word you want to use, whatever word yeah. it was, It was a bad week defensively. I would love to see them rise to the occasion against uh, the Rams and kind of shut up this damn Matthew Stafford talk. All right. Uh, All right. <laughs> uh, Cardinals against Vikings. Kyler Murray's going to go off for five more touchdowns. next Chiefs, Ravens, I'm not even going to watch. That. I'm not going to waste my time watching that damn football game. The <laughs> Chiefs are going to roll
0: the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong about that.
1: That's really it. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think.
0: That's, oh, I'll take that back. The Panthers are going to roll the same. There we go. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's go Sammy D. All right. I'll let you have that one. All right. So let's start this out. You, you want to pick these games? Alright, so tonight, Thursday night, we will have the Giants at Washington. Washington loses to Ryan Fitzpatrick for the year. Or, I'm sorry, for the year. For about six weeks or so, Taylor Heineken is playing quarterback. Uh, Despite that, I'm still taking Washington in this game with the Giants. I'm going to agree with you. They have the better defense. uh, Better team overall, I think, too.
1: I mean, it's
0: debatable. Well, dare I say, at this moment, better quarterback play.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even dare. I say I would say that I would I would say that the Washington football team historically
0: has had better quarterback play than the Giants,
1: (laughs) top
0: to bottom. Yeah, Dangle Jones stinks. Yeah, give me give me Heineken, and Heineken made some nice throws to try and get that team back in the win against the Chargers. I liked what I saw, so I'll go with the Washington in this game. Sir, Uh, the noon slate: uh, Saints at Panthers. Hmm. The Saints Saints are going to be banged up up going into this game. Um, I think, obviously, you're going to see a different offense compared to what you saw with the Packers. Uh, They have two really good receivers. You have Christian McCaffrey healthy. Um, I liked what I saw out of Sam Donald, but then the fact that they really got shut out by the Jets the second half does concern me a little bit. I see this being a low-scoring game, but I'll take the Saints because the Saints' defense, I think, is better than Carolina's. So give me New Orleans on a close one in this uh, in that, in that game.
1: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, if this was college football, obviously the Saints would be ranked higher than the Panthers, no, and no. I would take the upset. There's just I think there's something about this Panthers team. I know they're very young defensively. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, you look at it. The vet, you know the most wily veteran on the team. The defense is what?
0: Shaq uh, Thompson. Shaq
1: Thompson. He, yeah. I mean, he was balling out. The pass rush was great. Secondary played pretty good. Give, give me, give me the Panthers. Give me the Panthers by two touchdowns. Actually. Okay, you're gonna be that guy. I I'm, know. I'm, I'm. I'm not just saying
0: that because it's the Saints. I'm being. Uh huh. Uh, okay. 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 I believe it. Uh, Bengals at Chicago. Oh, good god. Any Dollar revenge game. No. <laughs> no, <I don't> <laughs> no. Well, actually, I don't know. Khalil Mack against that Bengals line might be just might be a challenge Jones type game right there, just waiting to happen. Mm. Uh, give give me the Bengals in on this one. Yeah, give me give me Bengals by a you know? I'll take Joe Burrow to be two and zero. Yeah, Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton I, I think this is the last game, Andy Dalton. Okay, I, I can I can go with that. Uh, Houston at Cleveland. Oh, uh, Cleveland rolls. Cleveland, yeah. The Texans got lucky playing Urban Meyer week one, but that's about to change. Yes, yeah.
1: the whole, their whole life's about to change because Baker's about to spend that damn wrong.
0: They're about to reality. Yeah. <laughs> uh Rams at uh Colt and yeah, I was taking on the Colts.
1: Uh Carson Wentz was cool in his Colts debut. Defensively they stunk. And I they, you know the Colts clearly pride themselves on defense. Uh, I think they have a resurgent week, and I take them to win big. I'll go 17 points. points.
0: I'll go with the Rams in this one. I think the Colts struggled against the speedster being Tyler Lockett. Uh, I think Cooper Cup could have another big game going for the Rams. Uh, Give me the Rams in this one. Uh, Bills at Miami. Mm
1: -mm. I don't think Josh Allen's going to disappoint two weeks in a row. I think he's going to have a big day. I'll take Bills by 10.
0: Okay, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I think the Bills will shock everybody and go 0-2. I think the little reality check will hit them. Uh, here, I think Miami will surprise people going 2-0. Uh, I'll take, Uh-oh. I'll take my, I, I think the Bills got a little reality check last week uh, going against the Steelers. So I think they're, I think they're going to be in for, uh, you know, like a, OS, like a, OS, like a OS moment. Like we got to put it, get it together after being 0-2. That's a
1: lot of faith on Tua. But hey, we'll see. <laughs>
0: Dolphins team, not too well. <laughs> yeah, as bad as them numbers were. Like one. <laughs> um, New England at New York taking on the Jets. Oh, give me the Patriots, big time. Jets stink. Give me New England as well. I think Mac Jones gets his first dub, and Zach Wilson keep looking for that. Uh, Niners at Philly taking on the Eagles.
1: Mm,
0: Jalen Hurts looked great
1: after all the talk of, ooh, we need Deshaun Watson. He he shut that talk up. It was the Falcons. But considering everybody's been kind of downplaying his his play as a quarterback, he came out there and he made a statement, which is great. So I'ma take I'ma
0: take the games. Okay. Uh Sheesh. I think uh, I wanna say the Niners, I really do, but after Detroit you know, just clawing the way back into that game. Kind of ruining the momentum of that team. Uh, you know, give me Philly in an upset here. I'll, t- I'll I'll, back you on the Eagles. Give me Philly in an upset. Yes, sir. Uh, Raiders at Pittsburgh. Take it taking on the Steelers.
1: Oh, God. Um...
0: Give me the Raiders. Mm. Nah. Mm, correction, give me Pittsburgh. I- I- I'll take the Steelers in this one. Yeah, give me Steelers because I think, you know, Josh
1: Jacobs, his injury. Like, obviously, he was not himself against yep. The Ravens. Yep. Uh, not having him as big as Kenyon Drake, I don't think can carry a running back room. I think Najee has the resurgent week, too. So, I'll
0: take the Steelers. Yeah, give me Pittsburgh. I think the defense will uh, keep Derek Char in check. Yep. Uh, Broncos at Jacksonville. Who? Uh... Give me Denver in this one. I think Urban Meyer is still trying to figure out how to coach in the NFL. Um, I think he really, <laughs> I think he's really eyeballing that USC job, but nobody's nobody's just making that an obvious thing. Um, he he won't win this game. I think he I think he's gonna realize the NFL was not like college. So um, give me Denver.
1: I'm going to go.
0: I'm going to go Jackson. I
1: think Trevor Lawrence plays a lot better. I think he puts the team on his shoulders and knocks off the Tigers.
0: Okay. Uh, Vikings at cards. Do I even even need to ask you? Oh, Cardinals by 50. (laughs) Easy. Uh, I will take Arizona as well. They have too many weapons for the Vikings secondary. Um, Also, uh, it's a 305 game and it's notorious Kirk Cousins. only shows up on Sunday at the 12 o'clock games. So, <laughs> so give, give me the cards. Uh, Atlanta at Tampa. Mm.
1: I think Kyle Pitts. Uh, actually, I take me back. He's Tampa. going to he, 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 <laughs> the two best linebackers in football. Middle linebackers. You know? yeah,
0: don't, don't, don't do. It. Don't, don't. It's gonna be Tampa. No, I just wanted to say I think Kyle Pitts is gonna have a better week. I hope so.
1: I think the Falcons will have a better week, just period. But at the end of the day, the, the bugs are too much. More. Yeah. The
0: uh, Cowboys at SoFi Stadium taking on the Chargers.
1: Whew. We're gonna miss our right tackle. Uh, we're missing our start. Potentially both our starting defensive ends.
0: We are already gonna miss Demarcus Lawrence. Oh yeah, Demarcus Lawrence is for sure, and, and I, Randy Gregory's kind of. Awesome. It just depends how fast he gets off like COVID list. Uh, but for me, as long as Terrence Steele starts at right tackle for this team, they will they they will not win games. They are not serious about winning. Uh, I will kick Connor McGovern to right guard. Cause I thought he was solid last Thursday, filling in for Zach Martin. Kick Martin to right tackle. That's your best starting five on the line. Uh, but they did not do that, so Terrence Steele will get worked by Joey Bosa, and that's why they will lose. Not even the not even the defense. It's just I don't I just don't see why they play Darren Steele. So give At me the Chargers. The
1: day, I, I think not having Michael Gallup is going to be a big deal. Um, yeah. Obviously Cedric Wilson's great, but he's not he's not Michael Gallup. Um, I just that Chargers secondary is just like obviously Derwin James is back and looks healthy and I'm so thankful for that because I love Derwin James. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sarah Adderley... Thought going to have a, a certain year. Actually, I mean, literally dropped the ball before my very eyes, and now I'm <laughs> kind of, like, on the fence about him as a safety. Um, obviously, I love K-9 on that defense. I think this defense is still lacking behind, because I think those corners can easily get cooked, especially by Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb. So I'm going to go Cowboys, but
0: it's going to be really close. It's going to come down to,
1: like, tough field goal.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, Titans at Seattle. <gasps> give me. Ooh. I could see this going either way. In all seriousness. Uh, give me. Who, who are you picking?
1: Give me Seattle by a touchdown.
0: All right, give me Tennessee by. you know, I'll match you. Give me, give me Tennessee by a touchdown. Uh, Ravens, Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs by four touchdowns. Chiefs. They will... Uh, the Chiefs will destroy the Ravens and then the national media will question Lamar Jackson.
1: Even more than they already
0: have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Monday night, Detroit at Green Bay.
1: Good God, that is a snooze.
0: But I'm take, <laughs> I take Aaron Rodgers by a million. Not even the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. I, will, I agree with you. It is a snooze fest, uh, but for the wrong reasons, Aaron Rodgers will stink it up again. Give me Detroit in this one.
1: Oh, God.
0: Jared, Thank Jared, God. Jared, Jared Goff's going to make people realize, you know what? They got a quarterback. We don't need to draft somebody.
1: Thank God you're not in sports betting because, oh, my God, your fiancé would lose her mind on you for, if you no, bet, we, if you we, bet money we, on we, that. We
0: will go. We will, well, I will go with the Lions. I think Dan Campbell will not only win this game, but I think he's going to bring an actual line to Lambeau Field. No shot. They're about to get their ass whooped. Okay, okay. You say that now, but hey, they almost came back on the Niners.
1: That's not saying much. The Niners stink! Think about it. They benched Brandon IU because they talk about, well, he's just not giving effort in practice. Did you see what he did his rookie year? I don't care if he don't practice at all or he don't don't run the right routes. He's nasty. Put him out there. And honestly, Kyle Shanahan, if you're listening, screw you, because you messed me over <laughs> a fantasy by benching him.
0: Yeah, I started, I started you in one of my leagues as well. God. Big old goose egg. Um, no, give me Detroit. I, I will take the underdog uh, at, on the road against the Packers, uh, and we'll just see what happens with that. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh that's the do things for this week everybody make sure you listen to the show thursdays 3 to 5 p.m central on fbrn.us uh okay any last words here before we sign off today
1: i just want to say man i you know i miss you know for those of the listeners that listen to the live show and listen to our podcast i miss getting to talk to y'all in the studio hopefully either i drop out of college so i can do the show again or just something happens schedule wise because i i miss it i miss it in the studio but I want everybody to stay safe, keep enjoying football. And yeah.
0: Well, we don't need you dropping out. But um <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I mean um we do miss Evan Makai in the studio, but hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later for all the right reasons. But um make sure you follow us on Twitter at the final drive underscore underscore uh listen to us on spotify i have a podcast where we podcast and please drop that five star review on apple um and that's something do for this week so make sure to tune in thursdays three to five it'll be myself tony deandre Javante in studio and we'll break down all these games and more on fishbowl radio network